From the darkest reaches of space to the deepest corners of your mind. Your mind. Welcome to From the Void. The conversation surrounding UFOs, or UAPs as they're now referred, has changed significantly over the past few years. With the release of footage taken by military pilots of strange objects in the sky, a topic once considered taboo, is suddenly now being taken seriously. An argument can be made that the advances over the years in technology have made this an inevitability. The average person now walks around with a tiny little computer in their pocket, complete with high-tech camera and video camera. The latest phones can even take pictures in the dark. We no longer need to rely on the government to tell us what is real and what isn't. The public has access to the tools to capture these mysterious objects in the sky. And perhaps that's why the government seems to be slowly acknowledging what human beings have wondered for ages. Admittedly, there are still more questions than answers, but for the first time it feels like we're so close to finally getting an answer to that age-old question. Are we alone in the universe? This week's guest is producer, writer, director, and UFO researcher Caroline Corey. We discuss her documentary film, A Tear in the Sky, where she pulls together military witnesses and scientists along with the latest in technology to try to find answers. What are these objects and where are they from? Welcome to this week's mystery, A Tear in the Sky with Caroline Corey on From the Void. All right. Welcome to the podcast. I'm uh, very excited to have this week's guest, Caroline Corey, uh, actor, writer, director, producer. Um, you've got your hands in, in all sorts of things. So welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So it, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Um, I went back. I love I love a good UFO UAP documentary, especially ones that are that are well researched and aren't just speculative, but, um, you know, folks that can bring firsthand accounts and actual like scientific data to the table. And yours did an excellent job of this. Um, so first of all, uh, great documentary. And second of all, uh, tell, tell people a little bit about your background and, and how you even got into this subject. Yeah. So I started out at a young age. I had experiences, you know, what people call paranormal. I was five years old. And the first experience I had was, uh, I just sensed beings like they, you know, there, I saw beings, you know, <laughs> and we were all communicating and this whole thing. So, you know, because of that experience at a young age, it opened my mind to how is it possible? Like what else is out there? We see the physical world as it is, but um, there's so much more. And I knew I wasn't crazy. I, you know, <laughs> uh, that something did happen. And so because of that, I, I stayed open and I started um, 
researching and working in the field of consciousness because I thought it was all about consciousness interacting somehow with different worlds. And so, you know, 20 years later, um, having more direct experiences with different things, different beings and UFOs and all like strange paranormal stuff, but also understanding and researching the mechanism, you know, of how is it possible that you see this and other people don't or what have you. And also talking to so many people and working with so many people from around the world, um, you know, you get validation, you get real life validation. Like it's no longer uh, speculative, to be honest. And, uh, um, and so because of that, I started working with scientists and we would do experiments. We would do all sorts of experiments. First, it was on consciousness. So, you know, can, how does telekinesis work, you know, in laboratory conditions, not just, uh, woo-woo stuff, you know, can we measure, um, do any, have any sort of time, uh, time correlation between your intention and a physical outcome and things like that. And, um, the scientists were blown away, <laughs> like <laughs> things would actually happen exactly the way we were expecting them to. And so, so because of that, I kind of realized that that's what's missing in the whole paranormal world to bring go the extra step and bring more measurable results. Uh, so, so it's no longer, again, this speculative, strange thing out there that only some people can, you know, experience. And so, so then I, uh, you know, after making several films, I got to the UFO topic, which again, I had experiences myself and I thought, okay, I need to do something with that, but how would I do it scientifically? You know, because that has never been done before. Never. What we've done in the movie was never done before. And that's kind of how it all came about. Yeah, that's it, it's fascinating. And, and you really uh, got together a really impressive group of individuals. It, it was a really cool combination. It was a mixture of uh, legitimate scientists who who were um, doing everything from kind of measuring distance and trying to figure out how large these objects were and how fast they were going and exactly uh, and ruling out all sorts of other weather related phenomena and things of that nature to, you know, military personnel, highly credible witnesses who had seen these things and were and a lot of these guys were part of the Nimitz, uh, the uh, Tic Tac, um, the famous Tic Tac video footage. And, and these were the guys that experienced it firsthand, either, you know, through their own eyes or through the equipment on board that ship. And so it was a good mixture of people um, that I'd never seen that quite done before. So how did you how, how were you able to gather all these individuals together um, to, to start this study? Yeah. So uh, to be honest, the USS Nimitz story had been out uh, for a while. So I wasn't, you know, I, I mean, that's keen. I think that was um, the turning point in ufology because everybody started talking about it. So I wasn't really interested in rehashing the same story, to be honest. But when I uh, thought, okay, I need to do a scientific uh, investigation, you, how, you know, I started researching who else out there is um has is doing that or wants to do that and i stumbled on kevin day and kevin day 
is basically the <laughs> radar operator who captured uh, that first TikTok video. I mean, that famous TikTok video that was released in 2017 that totally changed the whole conversation. Um, so he was the guy. And so, uh, so when I, so I called him and, um, uh, he told me his story and I was very, very touched, um, how much that, um, story, that event affected his life. It literally destroyed his life. And so because, and on top of this, he said, Caroline, you, you're never going to believe, believe this, but what I've been dreaming of doing is to have uh, a scientific expedition and go back there and, um, you know, and see, basically prove my point that I wasn't crazy because that event destroyed his life. So, so because he told me things also that weren't um, pu made public before, so I thought, you know, it, it, and he already had a couple of scientists on his team anyway. So I thought, gosh, you know, it makes sense, <laughs> you know, go back to uh, the real story, uh, tell that story, um, you know, integrate the human aspect of, of this whole encounter. Uh, but also because he already had a couple of scientists on board, it seemed to be the perfect fit. So that's how it kind of all came about. But of course, I needed to add more, you know, experts or just more voices to even add. I mean, to me, that was enough credibility, but I, I wanted to even add more. So I approached um, in the film, we invited other scientists, Travis Taylor, who's uh, very well known now because of Skinwalker Ranch, um, amazing scientist, Michio Kaku, of course, mm. who's world famous as well, very respected. So, so that's kind of how I wanted to um, take it to a whole new level of credibility and uh, reality. Yeah, it is. It is quite remarkable. As you mentioned, um, we're really in an interesting and period of time where we're kind of uh, reaching new kind of levels uh, within this topic. I, I remember, you know, as you did, you know, I'd not had any experiences necessarily, but growing up, I was always fascinated with the subject, but it was always very viewed as very fringe and you know, it's not something that you necessarily brought up amongst the your general friend population because, you know, people kind of look at you like you're crazy and kind of laugh it off. And that seems to be the same story within the military and, and these other circles uh, up until, you know, a few years ago when, you know, like the, the Nimitz footage gets released and then some other footage gets released and more footage gets released. And it's not just in this situation, it is not it wasn't just that average Joe was sending in some, some video footage. It, this was taken from military aircraft using military technology and witnessed by, you know, military personnel who are intelligent, highly trained individuals who know the difference between a bird and an aircraft and something unexplained. And th that kind of changed everything. So talk about how that, that sort of changed the narrative and kind of opened this up to a little more credibility and, and people maybe who, you know, weren't willing to consider this topic as legitimate before are now taking it very seriously. 
Yeah, exactly. It's precisely that event, the 2004 USS Nimitz event, uh, that made it, uh, you know, um, as a headline, you know, on all ma mainstream uh, outlets. And, for, you know, of course, New York Times, The Post, I mean, CNN, everywhere. And that's what changed the conversation, the fact that mainstream media picked it up. You know, um, and so so then the general public starts to receive the information in a different way uh, because, like you were saying, it was military talking about it. It wasn't like some guy, you know, out of his garage. Um, the credibility was, um, I mean, irrefutable. You know, it was like this is the truth and this is it. And the Pentagon is telling us that these are real UFOs. So, so like you were saying, and after that event, uh, 2017, um, other Navy ships as well started reporting more sightings. The USS Omaha, the USS Kidd, um, they, they were having more encounters of the same thing. And so, so that kind of added to the credibility, not to mention Uh, you know, the UAP report, I mean, it was kind of a lame effort, but still, <laughs> it just tells us that the government is looking at it seriously. And more recently, um, you know, the congressional hearing, you know, this is crazy that we're finally at a point where at a Congress level, you know, congressional, in terms of congressional hearings, we are now discussing the UFO topic as, as a serious matter. And so, uh, regardless of, again, the, the results or the outcome, uh, that's what's helping the general public accept that this is a serious topic. Whether it's uh, extraterrestrial or this or that, doesn't matter. We need to be talking about it at that level. And so, that's what encouraged me, too, to go out there and... Um, Uh, do something about it. And my way, uh, as a, of course, as a researcher, as a filmmaker, the first thing you do is research, okay, who else has done that sort of film, uh, not about government stuff, but more scientific, like as a scientific approach to the subject. Um, and I was shocked, like no one had done anything like this before. I mean, there was Let me, let me explain. There are, of course, scientists who looked at video footage and, you know, and, and research, of course, uh, Project Blue Book, everybody knows about that, that this was a scientific effort to try to figure out what had already happened. So we do have those scientific attempts, but no one had from scratch said, how would we go about this scientifically? Well, so because no one had done it, that encouraged me even more <laughs> uh, to, to, to make this film in this way, even though it was extremely risky, extremely costly. And, but I, I was convinced because the mainstream was starting to be more open. The subject is more real. And so, um, so that's kind of how I was very encouraged to, to go about it this way and to make a film scientific, to make something like this scientific, you have to first, uh, figure out what instrumentation you need, which again, we had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of 
instruments across the spectrum of physics, you know, from regular cameras to night vision to FLIRs to magnetometers to RF detectors to, you know, to, to all sorts of detecting any sort of frequency radiation detectors. Not only that, uh, they were all advanced military grade equipment, industrial grade, not the commercial stuff, you know. Um, so we were receive, we are recording um, objects and things in spectrum that normally you wouldn't see, you wouldn't have, like the average person wouldn't have. Um, not only that, uh, scientifically, we wanted to um, do it simultaneously from different angles so that we can achieve triangulation, which is very important. Again, scientifically, that's how you get data on, you know, the, the height, I mean, the, uh, the distance, the speed, and so on and so forth. And these are the things that had been missing until now that were not helping with credibility because you'd see one video from one angle or one guy or maybe a few witnesses but doesn't mean anything, you know, you can't measure anything. You can't, you can't tell what this thing is. So that's the reason why we had discussion after discussion after discussion to make sure we had those elements of the type of equipment, the number of equipment, um, how long, um, and the location, of course, and the triangulation. So this was a serious discussion. And even with all of that, John, you know, just, you know how many people have gone to, to expeditions like this? I mean, no, nothing like this anyway at that scale. But, you know, I've gone out uh, and, like, came back after days with nothing, you know? Yeah. And so we were, like, even with all of this preparation um, and equipment and everything else, it was a huge risk. Like, not, what if nothing happened? You know? <laughs> and uh, but sure enough, you know, we 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 had not only the typical things that people see on YouTube and things like that, but we ended up blown away because we actually captured um, on camera and and on our different devices, again, radiation or uh, infrared or whatever, um, objects that looked exactly like the Tic Tac, you know, which is, we didn't, we didn't really mean to, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of mind blowing. And then we captured other objects that would, again, fall down in the sky at tremendous speed, just like what they said about the Tic Tacs. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, like, you know, I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but uh, it's already in the trailer. I mean, we captured what we think is some sort of wormhole. I mean, nobody knows what a wormhole looks like. <laughs> what is a wormhole? We know it's possible scientifically, theoretically, but who has a recording of a real vortex, you know, of a wormhole? And so we have this thing that opens and closes and there's a bunch of objects that come out of it. So what do you call that? You know, so, you know, we went in hoping for one credible, strong sighting. And we ended up with so much, which tells us that, is it really luck? Come on. We were there for five days. Five days is not very long. Um, this tells me that 
it's not luck. This tells me that this is happening all the time. Uh, people don't have the proper instrumentation. Some of these things we captured on our, through the FLIRs, the FLIR is a special infrared spectrum. So basically when you look at the sky, you see nothing. But when you look through the FLIR, you see them. So this means that, you know, stuff is happening all the time. We just don't have the instrumentation or we're not looking or we're not, you know, like uh, studying the data correctly or what have you. So if we as civilians, you know, went out and did that, um, we just picked the proper, again, equipment, location, setup and everything else. And we came back with so much. You can't tell me that the government that has you know, million-dollar radars and million-dollar satellite and, you know, all sorts of stuff already in place doesn't have data or doesn't know how to collect data. We're just civilians, and we came back with so much. Everybody can see that on camera, you know? So that's, I feel, where also the film brought it to a whole new level. Like, please don't tell us there are no data (laughs) or the data is not terrible. It's right here. (laughs) and you know if we did it i'm sure it can be done even better yeah you hit on on several things that i had on my list here (laughs) to discuss so um what's fascinating the first thing i want to mention is um i was just watching an interview with uh um uh ryan graves the other day the um one of the one of the pilots who's come forward who experienced these things on the east coast so they're experiencing. So we have pilots on both coasts um, experiencing this this unusual phenomenon, and he was talking about the fact that they had just upgraded their their um, sensor technology aboard their aircraft uh, to to much more powerful and much more sensitive. And all of a sudden, they're seeing these things everywhere. And mm. so it it made me think of the fact. And then he was saying that you know they wanted a training mission down to Florida, and they were spotting them all over the place there. And then as he talked to more and more pilots as you know, pilots and military personnel are starting to open up more about this topic. They're like, yeah, we've seen this stuff even over the continental United States. So like we've got West coast over the, over the continental United States, the East coast. It's so it, it seems to be that this phenomenon is happening everywhere. And maybe we just haven't had the technology up until now to, to see it, spot it, record it, notice it, you know, that sort of thing. I think we have. That's my point. I think we have the technology, even the previous less smaller or lesser version (laughs) of sensors is still capable of doing so much more than, you know, the average uh, thing that's out there. I think it was, again, it was uh, either those who really are in the know are not wanting us to look there. Um, And those who don't know aren't looking or aren't, you know, until the general public or until enough UFO people say, you have to look, you have to look, there's something there, you know, and enough people come out with, with actual data that, and I think that's what I'm trying to do also with the film, like, you know, put it out there as much as possible so that they can't come back and say, we don't have data. You see what I mean? And to keep pushing, um, the envelope, I mean, you know, to keep saying uh, you really are running out of excuses here. Yeah. And, and what you're doing really is, is uh, 
is this important thing right now where uh, I think technology has caught up to the point where, you know, the, in years past, you, you look back to um, UFO footage from like the 1960s, 70s. It's this grainy, kind of blurry, kind of yeah. hard to see. And now, like, we've got, you know, you pretty much everybody is, is carrying a highly sensitive uh, camera and video recorder yeah. in their pocket, you know? Yeah. And so with like all this advancement in technology, it, we've gotten to the point now where we can bypass the government, cut out the middleman who really has not done a good job of keeping us informed of what's going on and, you know, do these studies and do these investigations ourselves and collect this data without having to go through the government and, and maybe get some answers that way. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I attempted to do in this film. Um, and so, and also that's what I'm hoping more people will do. I mean, that's what I'm hoping with the film that people will, will say, wait a minute, if I go out, you know, and do this and that with at least that minimum amount of proper, proper instrumentation, I'm going to get something, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really what I'm hoping is going to happen. And then the day that the government decides to do something or really tell us something, you know, it happens whenever it happens, however it happens, <laughs> but we shouldn't be there waiting, you know, expecting them to tell us everything, you know? And so, or when they do, you know, because there's this politics, there's supposedly national security, supposedly whatever, um, I mean, I understand there may be some secret projects or something, black projects. Um, I understand for technology, I understand that piece. Um, but, um, but there's a lot that they can also say. And so, uh, in the meantime, we're going forward. We're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we keep going. So, um, so that's really what I was hoping to do with the film. And I think it is happening. Absolutely. I think uh, I, I think the explosion in terms of just the conversation alone that's happening in the general public in, in the in the public forum um, is remarkable and something I thought I'd never see, to be quite honest, in my in my lifetime. And the fact that I still tell people, I'm like, you know, that the government has fully admitted that UFOs are real. Right. And you know, people are still shocked by this. Yeah. You know? and, um, and and to be clear, you know, they they've stopped short of of saying that, you know, aliens exist. Uh, but, you know, cause when we say UFO, what we are in fact saying is it's an unidentified flying object. And that's what these are. We have no idea what they are. We just know that they, uh, far surpass any technology that we presently have. And in, in a lot of instances are defying our current laws of physics. Like some of the speeds and angles at which these objects are moving would turn, you know, a human being into pudding, um, based on what we understand currently. Um, so I, I want to talk about some of the, um, <laughs> some of the, ex some of the theories, I guess, that are out there that seem sort of preposterous to me. Like one being that, well, it's just, you know, it's just uh, a weather phenomena or natural phenomena. I'm like, you know, um, swamp gas and, and, um, meteors don't do, don't turn at right angles or yeah. go thousands of miles an hour in that way. Um, you know, and, and so there are some other things that just I, I feel like we can rule out, like our adversaries have this technology. I thought, how how absurd to think that that's the case since we've seen these things or have had reports of these flying objects uh, going back at least as far as World War Two, when uh, pilots yeah. would would see these things in the air. And never mind the fact that we spend 
what is it, six times uh, the amount of money on uh, our defense budget than the next six countries combined, including Russia and China. And yet, you're, you mean to tell me, like, you're, you know, that that they've beat us to the punch, and 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 on top of that, we didn't know about it. <laughs> you know, it seems yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not to mention Russia. If Russia had that, you, you'd think they'd pull that out right now, as as well as the yeah, war against Ukraine, Ukraine is going. Would be, Ukraine would be over like <laughs> right. in, a, in an instant. Like, what what are they waiting for? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I agree. So, um, it's ridiculous some of the explanations, like uh, like you were saying, yeah, swamp gas or, or like a balloon. Sometimes they say a balloon. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think a balloon travels, you know, like you're saying at such high speeds. Or so, so I think you know there there's some distraction going on as well. I think also what the problem that I find is that. Um, this is not one thing. It's that's that's the problem. It's like when you look at the different footage, even what we have collected, some things um, could possibly be a weather effect or something that we don't know, that we don't understand. Uh, some things uh, may be uh, maybe human technology. It's very possible, uh, but others. No, I'm sorry. Like uh, there is no other explanation than being an extraterrestrial or some other type of technology that we don't understand. So, so that's the problem. Like when we try to put everything, have one answer that fits all. Um, I think that's the problem. We need to really look at the different types of sightings and study them separately and see, you know what I mean, without trying to say, okay, you all UFOs are extraterrestrial or, or all it's all our government or their government or, you know. And I think that's the problem. And so, um, uh, so, so yeah, I think uh, if you're asking me what's my theory, <laughs> that's... Absolutely, the, yeah. yeah. What do you well, think it is? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So sometimes I see objects that I know for sure is human technology, um, uh, our technology, I'm not saying Russian or whatever, yeah. um, that is still kind of secret or what have for one reason or another. Um, and other stuff I'm a hundred percent convinced is, uh, non-human because, uh, again, because I've seen things where, um, uh, like they would morph from a material form to like a light form and back. And, you know, it, it would do things that even if we had advanced technology, this is like a, at a whole different level. And also because sometimes it has to do with consciousness. I mean, it all has to do with consciousness, but specific ones where they respond to your thought in real time. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence because... I've had that recently, actually, where um, where I saw some sort of li- I mean lights above my house, actually, and then they were bouncing. There's uh, three lights; they were bouncing off of each other, and then I started communicating with it. I said, "Well, if you are what I think you are, <laughs> like do something else." And so the the lights split into four and to six. Um, I was like, okay, maybe it's a coincidence. That's fine. So I said, well, if you are communicating, if, if it's connected to my consciousness, if it's something, 
and then follow me. And I started walking in one direction and this thing is hovering above me. It was ridiculous. Like for half a mile, it was going in one direction. And then I changed direction. I go another and this thing is hovering right above me. So, so stuff like that, you're like, how much more, you know, like validation do you need in real time that there's something else going on? So going back to technology, yeah, I don't think that sort of consciousness related, um, maybe we know uh, uh, about that, but I don't think we've mastered it. So I still feel that some of these um, consciousness related or when it's morphing from one shape to another, from one thing to another, um, is, is, uh, is human technology. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Thank you for listening to part one of my interview with Caroline Corey. If you enjoyed part one, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing so you don't miss a single new episode. Also, consider telling a friend. I'll be back next week with part two of this mystery. And until then, I've been your host, John Williamson, and you've been listening to From the Void. <laughs>